Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Welcome. Hello there. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be with you. for the trip. <laughs> it's not that kind of trip. Although many wish it were. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks everyone for joining us. Apologies for going a little bit early. I know I said 11 o'clock. I know I've planned to go at 11 o'clock, but I couldn't help it. Thursday night, we were cut short, brutally cut down in our prime. So I just had to jump on. It's too much going through my brain. Too much that needs discussing. I am in early. Yes. So I appreciate you joining us at this earlier time, this earlier venture. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for sharing out if you do. Just before we kick off. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to get in touch with me and complain, you can do so by following me at boogie bumper. Question in the chat, boogie, what do you look like? Your hat covers your face. I'm somewhere between the hunchback of Notre Dame and Scarlett Johansson. I'll let your imagination tell you which end of the spectrum <laughs> I fall more closely toward. There's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. And I'll appreciate your patience if I may, and just outlaying these thoughts for you. Some things worth considering, I think. Following up a little bit from yesterday's edition of Trust and Verify. If you want to catch that, just follow at TAV Show, myself and my Hawaiian friend, James. I want to go a little bit deeper into a couple of the concepts we were discussing. And as if 50 people being mowed down, 50 innocent people being mowed down while they prayed isn't tragic enough. Sometimes the way human beings, particularly those in power or those in positions of power can react and contort and position themselves can lead to tragedy, perhaps on a different scale, a less violent one, but a tragedy nonetheless. Before we get into any particular tragedies. Let me start off with this for you. Not that one. New Zealand gun sales reportedly increase after Christchurch attacks. Police back gun law changes. Gun lobbyists, not so sure. Let's have a little look here at this video. I haven't watched this video. I don't know what's on it. Social media. There were two semi-automatic weapons and two shotguns. 
Brenton Tarrant had a Category A gun licence issued for standard sporting firearms. I can tell you one thing right now. Our gun laws will change. The news of likely reform bringing a warning from the gun lobby. Knee-jerk legislative changes will always have unintended consequences. This enthusiast not sure if the gunman's weapon had been modified. With a specific magazine it would become a military-style semi-automatic needing an additional e-licence. What we appear to be looking at here is what could be an A category or a standard sporting firearm that has an E category accessory added to it. Semi-automatics are advertised at gun shops nationwide. Clearly military style semi-automatics have no place in New Zealand and they need to go. Former police officer Tim Ashton was at the Aramoana massacre in 1990. He agrees assault weapons should be banned. We're talking about banning firecrackers. And we haven't banned the most lethal weapon that exists, that has no other purpose but to kill people. Others calling for calm. We don't want change for change's sake to find it has no effect on this sort of terrorist attack. Today, the Prime Minister listed past attempts at gun reform. In 2005, 2012, and after an inquiry in 2017. We need to take out the radical gun lobby. The question at this time of great sorrow, will politicians follow through on the Prime Minister's promise? Take out the radical gun lobby. Gee, one might, one might say that if it were for different circumstances, that sort of language might be deemed a little bit violent, wouldn't you say? A little bit over the top. Now, Texas Blues in the chat. New Zealand killer had inspiration from President Trump. Our friend Philly. Don't worry, I'll get to that nonsense very shortly. Sales of guns in New Zealand have reportedly increased after a government vow to change firearm laws following Christchurch's deadly terror attack. But Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says the facts are still being checked and she cannot be deterred. Miss Ardern announced her government would be tightening laws after it was found Australian Brenton Tarrant who was, allegedly, who was alleged to have killed 50 people at two mosques in Christchurch on Friday, possessed five guns. Gun stores were busy over the weekend with an Auckland shop owner reporting significant increases in sales <coughs> pardon me, of semi-automatics while talk emerged of panic buying, according to Newsroom. Miss Arden said the claims were being looked into but were not yet verified. I want to get the bottom of whether or not that has occurred, she said. But she added she would not back down either way. Well, then what's the point? What would be the point of proclaiming that you are looking for more facts and you want to have all the facts in front of you if you've already decided what you're going to do before you have them anyway? <clears throat> Changes to gun laws may be the appropriate thing to do. But why announce changes to the laws and then say you're waiting for all the facts, but it doesn't matter what the facts state, you're going to change it anyway. Seems a little redundant. This article was in The Australian this morning, moving away from gun laws into something a little more horrifying. Social media spiralling into dystopia. As Brenton Tarrant drove away from the New Zealand mosque where he allegedly went on a f his first shooting spree, only 10 people were tuned into his live broadcast of the rampage on Facebook Live, according to archived versions of his page. 10 people. 
That's the first time I've heard the amount of people that were tuning in live to the broadcast. So I was surprised to see that it was only 10 people there watching live as it happened. Not in any way to diminish the act, of course. But the way it's been reported over the weekend, you would have thought there was thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people sympathetic to the cause, deranged as it may be, that were tuning in live. But alas, it was 10 people. But the video, which shows dozens of people inside Al Noor Mosque in Christchurch being gunned down, has probably been viewed millions of times in various formats across the internet. The footage was recorded, repackaged and reposted on mainstream sites, fringe destinations with looser restrictions and in the web's darkest corners, accessible only with special software. Facebook and YouTube have worked to keep the video off their own sites. The vast cloning of the footage underlines a stark reality in the era of live online broadcasting. These videos can't be cut off. The era of live online broadcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Tricks of the trade, but these tactics can be circumvented if the footage is doctored. Versions of Tarrant's video, for example, were edited to imitate a first-person shooter game and appeared on Discord, a messaging app for video gamers. The software can also struggle to catch videos that aren't the original, such as recording from a mobile phone camera of the video playing in the web browser. Over the weekend, links to different versions and clips of the Rampage were readily available on multiple fringe sites such as Gab, Bestgore.com and DTube, an alternative to YouTube that has little to no moderation. Links on the storage site Dropbox were being circulated and were still active on Sunday. The video was given a supercharged boost because of the way Tarrant promoted it. Before the shooting spree, Tarrant apparently posted his alleged intention to attack the mosque and provided links to the live stream and accompanying manifesto filled with white supremacist conspiracy theories on 8chan, an anonymous messaging forum favoured by extremist groups. Part of the calculation, say internet researchers, was to take advantage of 8chan's culture of archiving sensitive videos. By giving a heads up to the 8chan community about the attack and then posting a link to the live stream, Tarrant ensured the video couldn't permanently be deleted. Says Joan Donovan, Director of the Technology and Social Change Research Project at Harvard University. Quote, you have these groups of people who consider themselves quasi-movements online and they believe they own the internet. They own the internet. I would, I would have thought most people on the internet uh, take the position that the internet belongs to nobody rather than, you know, anyone in particular owning it. <clears throat> I do then get a little bit concerned, regardless of what I find objectionable or not in terms of content, uh, when people make claims to own the internet, specifically governments, regulators, bureaucrats, these kinds of people in particular. And as a result, these calls to action are almost rote memory. Move on to this story here, which I find particularly horrifying. No bail for man accused of distributing live stream of mosque shootings. No bail? Correct. Someone has been arrested and charged 
with sharing the video <clears throat> of the shooting, which has been edited and shown thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times in corporate media circles and on various internet websites. An 18-year-old man has appeared in Christchurch District Court today charged with distributing a live stream of the Christchurch mosque shootings. He has also been charged with, quote, publishing objectionable publications in the week prior to the attacks, including a photo of the mosque with the words target identified and messages inciting extreme violence. The man who has interim who has interim name suppression was arrested by police on Friday. Police said they do not believe he was directly involved with the attacks. So he wasn't involved in the attacks. He didn't shoot anybody. He did, however, post apparently objectionable content and shared the live stream of the shooting. But he didn't shoot anyone himself. The public gallery was cleared for his appearance where Judge Stephen O'Driscoll decided not to grant him bail and impose strict limits on what the media can report. The summary of facts has also been suppressed. He's been remanded in custody to reappear on the 8th of April. <clears throat> Did you know that it's now... It's been deemed a crime in New Zealand to have a copy of this shooting. Did you know that? I wonder what are your thoughts about that? Do you think it's right to deem it a crime for somebody to have a copy of a video? Excellent question in the chat. Who decides what's objectionable? Well, I posed the question earlier on Twitter. If I was, say, a Cuban refugee who escaped the Castro regime and I found myself in a country like New Zealand, what if I found objectionable, say, the socialist utterances of various politicians in that country who want to turn an action into a criminal action through the method of deeming it, quote, objectionable content? What if I found that objectionable? Which judge would protect me from the objectionable content? What about stage two? If it's indeed now a crime to have a copy of this particular event, this world event, this event that literally the entire world is talking about, again, in which images and stills and edited versions of it have been played ad nauseum on the corporate press for three days and counting, non-stop, 24 hours a day. If it is now deemed a crime in New Zealand to possess this kind of material, what about stage two? Does that mean that people who are suspected of possessing this material in New Zealand may be, say, have their house raided, their possessions confiscated, their data poured over, interrogated, arrested. Now, 
people might say, well, this is all part of a bigger plan. It could be. I'm not saying it's not, but how, how do we know if it's cynicism, if it's sinister, if it's based on fear or if it's just a kind of philosophical incompetence at play here or something else entirely? I think we set very dangerous precedents for ourselves, don't we, when we declare possession of material that was previously public to now be a criminal offence because somebody somewhere with some power has deemed it to be quote-unquote objectionable. Because whoever's in power at the time can deem whatever they wish to be objectionable content, can't they? This was part of the reason why, in years gone past, that people on the left would have been arguing against censorship. Fourteen years jail this kid is looking at for restreaming this event. Fourteen years prison. And I just want to give a little bit of context to that 14 years. Do you remember the live streamed kidnapping and torture of a mentally disabled young man by four people in Chicago back in 2017? Do you remember that? Now, of course, we understand that the laws between New Zealand and the United States are different. However, if I'm going to sit here and watch hour after hour of American politicians claim that the laws in their own country need to change because of what happened in New Zealand, then you're going to have to allow me a little bit of leeway because I didn't make the comparison they did. So sticking with that, this is from Wikipedia, obviously a far-right conspiracy website. Four suspects were arrested and charged with aggravated kidnapping, aggravated unlawful restraint, aggravated battery and hate crime. Two were 18-year-old males, Jordan Hill and Tasfai Cooper. One was Brittany Covington, an 18-year-old female, and her sister Tanisha was a 24-year-old. On December 8, 2017, Brittany Covington pled guilty to the charges of committing a hate crime, intimidation and aggravated battery. Additional charges such as kidnapping were dropped as part of a plea deal. Covington was sentenced to four years of probation and 200 hours of community service. Tanisha pled guilty to the charges of committing a hate crime, intimidation, aggravated battery and was sentenced to three years in prison. Jordan Hill pled guilty to the charges of aggravated kidnapping and committing a hate crime and was sentenced to eight years in prison. Cooper pled guilty to a hate crime and aggravated kidnapping and has been sentenced to seven years in prison. Seven years, eight years, three years, and probation. And if you need a refresher, remember they took this kid off the street, kidnapped him, held him against his will, attempted to scalp him, beat him, forced him to drink toilet water, all while being live streamed to the world for a number of hours on Facebook. I didn't recall anybody saying that Facebook should be taken down after that, but I could be wrong. I'm happy to be proven otherwise. But yes, for that, for those crimes, three years, eight years, and seven years in prison, 
for the crime of sharing a live stream that somebody else was doing, not committing any act of violence yourself, but posting, quote, objectionable content in New Zealand, you could be facing 14 years in prison. Double the amount of time in prison than what someone might get for kidnapping, torturing, beating and scalping somebody live on camera. By that logic, it is it is more egregious to share a live stream of somebody committing a violent act than it is to commit the violent act yourself. Something seems a tad askew, does it not? But where is this headed? Again, people talk about false flags and those conversations will continue to occur. People will pose theories and they'll bring evidence. And certain evidence will be discounted. Some will be debunked. Certain theories will be tossed. But regardless, such an event doesn't need to be a fake. It doesn't need to be a fake event in order for people in politics in positions of power to make some kind of hay whilst the sun is shining on the fields of tyranny. It's from GameSpot. China seems to be at the pointy end of all of these moves over the last few years, over the last three or four or five in particular. And I, I seem to remember uh, Mark Zuckerberg meeting with the propaganda minister of the Chinese government about four years ago, five years ago, to talk about how best content could be controlled and censored on their platform so potential troublemakers may be kept under wraps lest the rest of the population see them. China moves to ban live streaming on three major websites. The People's Republic of China has strict censorship laws regarding media in all formats for the sole purpose of protecting national security and maintaining social stability. While it has made some strides in regards to lifting gaming bans, Reuters reports these laws are now targeting a different form of communication, live streaming. China has reportedly contacted three major social media and news websites to take down all video and audio streaming services due to politically charged social commentary. China's Twitter-esque social media website, Sino Weibo, video sharing and game streaming platform, AC Fun, and news website, ifeng.com, are affected by the ban. The move is due to the presence of politically charged material that violates China's censorship laws within these websites, live streaming content. User commentary is also inciting, quote, negative opinions. Remember, 14 years prison for live streaming in New Zealand. Quote, objectionable content, unquote. I want to play for you. I got sent a voice memo by a friend of ours, Ben K. Veritas in regards to why it might now be a criminal act to possess a copy of this shooting in New Zealand. Check it out, see what you think. So I hate to say it, but 
even in the killer's manifesto, he said it was Fortnite and Spyro the Dragon that radicalized him. So, he mentioned nothing about watching videos of acts of terrorism. He, he didn't say anything about that. So if they're afraid of videos of an act of violence, of terrorism, radicalizing more people, that doesn't make sense. What it, I think it's meant to do a sweep of anybody that can criticize it, and they'll just lock up thousands and thousands of people that just want to see the real video that don't trust the media. So it's basically making it illegal not to trust the narrative. Scary thought, isn't it? And a good angle, I thought, from Ben. A world event, you might want to check it for yourself. You might want to see for yourself what the fuck was going on. You're not allowed to. That's now a criminal act to possess this video. You could face 10 years in jail. Instead, you are now to rely solely on the people who have been charged with the responsibility of seeing what you can't. Because you can't be trusted to see things that are objectionable. You are an unthinking, unholy, uncouth mass of sheep who need to be herded into specific areas, specific pens of thought. And should you dare to escape, well, you need to be struck down. Ten years in prison ought to do it. It's a horrifying thought. Absolutely horrifying. I was asked in the aftermath of this, a friend privately asked me, you know, about this shooter, about his manifesto. And he said, look, this guy wanted things. He wanted, he had plans. He wanted to create, you know, a conflict. As he said in his manifesto, these are the things that he wanted to happen as a result. But who benefits here? Who's really benefited from this? And I took a couple of days to think about it. And when I read this report about this kid facing 14 years prison, it dawned on me. The tyrants. The tyrants benefit from this. Nobody else does. While we're arguing about who's killed more people, who's worse than others, who hates whom, who shot whom? Who killed whom? Who should be where? And so on and so forth. And all the deviations of those conversations. Which, you know, which people are entitled to have, don't get me wrong. And they're important conversations in of themselves. But who really benefits from this? Who are the only people who can say... We can get something out of this. It's not you. It's not me. It's not the average peasant. It is indeed the reactionary forces who sit above us, acting as though they are elected, but believing they are anything but. Who now have legitimate groundswell of support 
for the Tyrannus actions, which they no doubt want to pursue. And when it becomes, you know, a criminal offence to merely have footage of a world event in your possession, punishable with time in prison, then all of a sudden that reality comes crashing, crashing into the walls of denial. Little little follow-up story here for you. Uh, you'll remember we spoke about last night about Egg Boy. Did you hear about Egg Boy? Uh, there was, there's a senator here named Fraser Anning, and he put out, you know, a, some might say a controversial statement in the aftermath of the shooting. I wouldn't have done it, don't get me wrong, but he's a controversial guy, and that's what he does, so it didn't surprise me. But he put out a controversial statement. People are now calling for him to resign. He should be fired. Well, opposition leader Bill Shorten, who is the would-be Prime Minister of Australia if he wins the next election, has defended the young man who cracked an egg over Senator Fraser Anning's head, saying he, quote, understands where he's coming from. Will Connolly has had more than $40,000 raised for him in donations to an online fundraising campaign, following the Sunday event that saw him hit in the face by Senator Anning and pinned to the ground by supporters following the act for which he is now praised. See, you see they talk more about the reaction to him walking up behind somebody without them knowing, smashing them on the back of the head with an egg, live streaming the event. A, a senator, mind you, where you would think security is going to be around. He's now a hero. Asked by news.com.au whether the 17-year-old's actions were worthy of such praise, Mr. Shorten defended the teenager. He's not a villain, he said. He's a frustrated young person looking at the toxic nature of what this man is saying. I understand where he's coming from. You see, if you don't like what somebody is saying, then you're well within your right to go up and engage with them physically. That kind of live streaming is encouraged. That kind of live streaming will get you about 250,000 followers on Instagram and about $40,000 in the bank. You'll be trending as a hero. You stood up to the hate speaker. You stood up to the bigot. You smashed an egg on his face. You're a hero. You don't have to worry about ending up in jail for sharing that kind of live streaming content. You need to worry about all the girls that are going to be chasing you down the road. You need to worry about the talent manager you're going to have to hire so you can appear on all of those breakfast shows to talk about your heroic act. That's what you'll have to worry about. You'll have to worry about getting RSI on your wrist for all the signatures you'll be signing. You don't have to worry about prison. Mr. Shorten didn't completely excuse the egging, saying if it was one of his own children had done the same, quote, I'd say that's not the way to get your view across. Oh, he's a hardliner. But he went on to criticise the actions of the men who tackled Mr. Collins, who was the egger, after the incident. How many neo-Nazi-loving thugs does it take to wrestle a 17-year-old, he said. I think the reaction by the goons around the senator was so over the top 
It just actually shows you what we're dealing with in the fringe elements of Australia. Yep. Someone walks up to a senator, smashes an egg on the back of his head. He gets tackled to the ground. The would-be prime minister, if he wins the next election, praises the kid who smashed the egg on the senator's head, criticises the people who tackled him (laughs) after the event, calls them neo-Nazi thugs and part of the fringe element over the top. Incredible, isn't it? The tragedy after the tragedy. Gun sales are on the rise. Gun crackdowns need to occur, regardless of whether or not we know the facts. Hey, we'll just admit that we don't have all the facts, but doesn't matter, we're going to do it anyway. Live streaming's a problem. You know that footage that millions and millions and millions of people have watched? Well, if you own a copy of it, well, you should have 10 years in jail because we have deemed it to be objectionable content. So you can and must only get any kind of footage from the event which the entire world is talking about from us, your good friends at the corporate press. We won't show you the whole thing, of course, but we will show you edited snippets and then give you an assessment from our panel of experts. Our panel of experts, of course, would never lead you astray. We're only here to tell you the truth. You can trust us, and if you don't, We'll throw you in prison. That's how it works. These are the makings of a strong, robust, independent democracy, aren't they? My peasant friends. By the way, if one of your senators has a problem, well, let's let's call it an objectionable opinion in the aftermath of such an event. Well, if you want to become famous, a hero, get $40,000 in the bank, 270000 Instagram followers. Well, you're well within your right to go up to that senator, smash an egg onto the back of his head and live stream the event because the guy who would be the prime minister if he wins the next election, he's got your back. He understands where you're coming from. Why, all you were doing was standing up to the bigoted hatred. Those evil, awful words that cause so much violence. Those words... And sure, you may get tackled to the ground, but anybody who tackles you to the ground in an effort to defend a senator, wow, they're just neo-Nazi thugs. They're part of the fringe elements of society. And we don't like them around these here parts. People complain about politicians playing politics in the aftermath of these events. Whether we like it or not, large sections of our society are primed perfectly, aren't they? To accept the tyranny. I was just thinking earlier, how many how many of us put our hand put put your hand up, be honest. How many of us thought the civil rights activists were stark raving mad when they were talking about laws that are designed to crack down on suspected terrorists eventually being used against the general population. Hand up. Put your hand up if you're one of them. If you said those those crazy civil rights bastards, they don't know what they're doing. 
They'd be happy for us all to be killed by terrorists. The government's never going to turn that shit against the rest of us. They're only looking for the bad guys. Put your hand up if you're one of them. It's okay. There will be no judgment here. There were a lot of us. How quickly the word turns. <laughs> Got to be vigilant. Imagine now living in a world in a time where defending first principles in regards to the owning and sharing of public information now makes you no better than a common crook where that makes you an objectionable person. Imagine where a world where defending first principles is akin to defending the indefensible. After these events, when emotions run high and tempers run hot, politicians of all persuasions, of all shapes and all sizes and all colours, will either through for sinister means or through sheer incompetence see an opportunity to capitalise on the fever-pitched nature of our reactionary bias. Another opportunity to mould, to push, to manipulate and to shift us into positions that we would otherwise never dream of taking. And for those who aren't yet prepared to take those positions, well, they're just defending the indefensible. They become the dangerous ones. Not the guy holding the gun that wants us all killing each other. But the guy holding the piece of paper that says, maybe we shouldn't let the government do this. You become the villain. You become the terrorist. And the people opening the, the prison cell and walking you in and letting you lock the door behind you, they become the heroes. Protecting you from yourselves, protecting us from ourselves. Deciding for us what we can and can't see, what we can and can't hear, what is objectionable or otherwise. Because we can't be trusted to do it for ourselves. Like I said in the opening, if the tragedy of having 50 people gunned down whilst they were minding their own business, praying wasn't enough, then the tragedy of governments with severe totalitarian streaks reaching into your personal lives and deciding what you may or may not possess, which is readily available information, is another tragedy waiting to happen. <clears throat> I try to end on a high note with these shows. Thanks again for joining us, by the way. I am reading your comments as I'm going through. I do try to end on something light, something a bit more fun. Speaking of, maybe, maybe, maybe we're going about this the wrong way. Maybe if we want to ban live streaming and, you know, endorse overt, over-the-top, suppressive levels of censorship when it comes to these live streaming apps, maybe this is the way to get people on board. Randy Mum mortified after live streaming X-rated video meant for Brit Husband with 2,000 of her Facebook friends. 
The bored mum recorded the frisky video while in Bulgaria. Isn't boredom just the best aphrodisiac? That's That's been my experience. Guys, if you're alone with a girl for any period of time, don't worry about being charming. Don't worry about being funny. Don't worry about buying drinks. Just be really, really boring. Next thing you know, she'll be jumping your bones. What else are we going to do, right? A crossword? The bored mum recorded the frisky video while in Bulgaria, which showed her getting frisky in bed for her husband, who currently works in the UK. A randy mum was left mortified after live streaming an X-rated video with 2,000 of her Facebook friends instead of just her husband in Britain. I'd wager that she has a few more than just 2,000 Facebook friends now, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say? <laughs> she might have more like 20,000. Two million. Bored Zanepa Galabova recorded the frisky video while in Bulgaria, which showed her getting frisky in bed for her husband who currently works in the UK. But instead of sending the raunchy video to her distant lover, she accidentally posted it as a Facebook story for her 2,000 friends. According to, according to local media, her friends and family are still in shock after seeing the sex tape appear on their Facebook feed. Her 20-year-old son reportedly said that he will be unable to return home for at least five years due to the embarrassment caused by his frisky mum. <laughs> I don't know. I, I bet you he'd be exceptionally popular with the other 20-year-old boys, wouldn't you think? The other 20-year-old lads? Her husband was also upset after the incident and he refused to speak to her for some days afterwards, according to reports. Meanwhile, the middle-aged mum has turned to close pals to help her get over the social media mishap. There you go. Vulgarian. But like I said, isn't it strange that we were reading about the horrific shooting video, the live stream, which apparently had 10 viewers on Facebook. A Bulgarian woman playing with herself, 2,000. 2,000. I wonder when somebody will deem this to be objectionable content. Maybe we should throw her in prison. Maybe anybody who has a copy of this video should be thrown in jail immediately for possessing objectionable content. Wow. Now you're just being silly. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to provide me with some objectionable content, ladies, I'm looking in your direction, ladies. Please head over to Twitter and look for at Boogie Bumper. Where am I? Um, I don't know if you guys want to stick with 11 o'clock or not. Get in touch if you prefer earlier earlier in the day like we are today or maybe a bit later at night like 11 o'clock you you tell me what time works better for you of course only if you have any intention of watching if you don't then by all means don't bother replying but <laughs> get in touch and let me know what you think earlier or later what suits you better the free-for-all will still be late thursday night because we do way too many randy things late on Thursday night. I mean, it's not Bulgarian mum stuff, and we certainly don't have 2,000 people watching on Facebook, but it is randy and, randy and edgy nonetheless. So it'll be careful. <laughs> we'd be careful what you wish for. <laughs>
So until next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.